Assalamu alaikum. You are listening to Mommy Well Muslim, a podcast designed with a Muslim American parent in mind, addressing how to raise Muslim American kids born into a post 9 11 world. We will cover topics ranging from potty training to politics, and no topic is off limits. Along with our expert guests, we'll discuss what's new in the Muslim American diaspora or just what's new at our own kitchen tables. Join us, Zeba Hassan and Uzma Jaffrey, who have a combined eight kids and 25 years of parenting experience, as well as just enough crazy between them while they pioneer this journey we call Mommy, Mommy Wall Muslim. Muslim. Assalamualaikum, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mommy and One Muslim Podcast with your co-hosts, uh, Uzma Jaffrey and Zeba Hassan. Hey, Assalamualaikum, everybody. I'm really excited to have as a guest on today someone who's helped us explain many things like the oneness of Allah, the importance of good deeds, and especially explaining the specialty of Muslim holidays to our kids, Omar Khwaja of Ilyas and Duck. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and uh, thanks for that wonderful welcome. We actually met. I'm friends with his wife, Nadia, one of my first mommy friends, I should say, and probably the, my first Muslim mommy friend. So I definitely appreciate having Umar on the show just because he's definitely become a little bit of a celebrity in um, the Muslim world. And I think even it becoming a little bit more mainstream, because I do have to say our library has the book, our, our local bookstore has the book. It's definitely something that's going to become a part of um, every Muslim household's library uh, because it does have beautiful, amazing characters that all of our kids can see themselves in, right? Tell us a little bit about the concept of Ilyas and Duck and what inspired you to create a kid and a duck. Yeah, so Ilyas and Duck are two Muslim cartoon characters that I created uh, first to help my own kids uh, who were asking questions about the world around them, which involved elements of their faith, or at least the answers, responses to those questions. So I wanted to develop uh, stories, really deep, meaningful stories that were entertaining at the same time with characters that were really relatable and fun to follow um, and, and share their stories. I wanted to create this kind of world of characters and stories to help my kids understand in a better way uh, their the values that are associated and deeply rooted with their faith. So I wrote one book. I had no intention of, of writing a whole series, but in 2012, I published my first book, which uh, really helped them answer the question that they were asking about God, where is Allah? And uh, so I wrote that one book, and then uh, it turned into... Now I have four books and hopefully I'll write more and uh, we'll create additional content. Before you became the author of these books, what did you do at IRL or in real life? <laughs> in real life, I worked for Estee Lauder. And many people, when I tell them this story, they think that I was the spray guy, you know, in, in Macy's that catches you uh, and, and spray. But so I, so I have to qualify what I did at Estee Lauder um, when, I, when I say things like that. And so I worked in different roles in manufacturing and then up to the point where I was actually working with design and marketing in New York City, creating products. And I actually liked that job, uh, but it wasn't really fulfilling. It, was, it felt very superficial. And right around that time is when I, Nadia, my wife, was pregnant with our first child. And I think that would probably be the second, first or second time where 
in my mind as an adult, I started thinking about my life and my life with my family a little bit differently and in terms of being more than me just going to a job providing for my family. I started thinking about what else could it be? How, how can it be bigger than me? How can it be bigger than me so my kids can look at me as their father and really want to aspire to be more like me? a surgeon saving children's lives for example that's a whole different ballgame but uh, that's not what I was doing and so that set me on a path a different path um, and then I went back to school kind of to reset got my master's degree graduated Columbia then we moved out to Washington DC and that's where I had my second job I worked at uh, one of the largest consulting firms in the, in, in the world while that was great I was still not you know what I wanted to do so long story short for about 14 years of my adult professional life, I was struggling with trying to find a way to leave that life, to leave the corporate America and do something more meaningful. So it took me about 14 years to get to where I am now. And I feel like I'm just, I feel like I'm just born now, for example. Like I, it just, it just feels totally different, the stage that I'm in, in now. And I, and I, I want to share some of that with you. So it's funny because like Ilyas that went on a quest to look for something bigger than himself, it seems like that is translating in your own personal life. Now, do you feel like you're the Ilyas in the story or is Ilyas based on somebody else? No, I, I think Ilyas is definitely not based on me or, or, or the track, the, the path that I'm on or that I feel like I'm on. But um, Ilyas at the time, remember, I was only going to write one book to help my son understand the, uh, this idea, this concept of God, this very abstract concept when you're a child, right? So, um, so Elias to me represented or was is my effort to try to, my attempt to try to have a character that perhaps related to all the kids out there in the world, Muslim kids, and I want to make an important point, uh, Muslim kids and their friends and neighbors that might not be Muslim because uh, I personally, the way I see the world, and I like to raise my kids, and certainly, Zeba, you know this, certainly the way we try to raise our kids in Washington, D.C. area is so cosmopolitan, so eclectic, that, you know, you can't ignore the realities that there are other people other than Muslim in the world. And while they might be different in many ways, I think all humankind share common values that are consistent with even Islam. So for me to create a character, a Muslim character, it wasn't necessarily about isolating uh, the ideas that those characters and the stories would uh, present. It was meant to open up and create a bridge to, into the Muslim world or how Muslims think. If you really want to know what Muslims believe, just look at what they're reading to their kids. And if they pick up any one of those Ilyas and Duck books, especially the Eid book, for example, they'll see that we're calling our Christian neighbors and we're calling our Jewish friends because that story involves people that are not just Muslims and telling the story about Eid. So um, for me, that was very important to create characters uh, that reflected not just, uh, certainly not me, but not just my kids, uh, but, but basically everybody can relate to them one way or the other. What I really appreciate about your contribution to children's literature through the zakat till, for instance, is that concept of equity. 
it was something that I had difficulty explaining to my kids because we teach them that, hey, Islam says that we have to help those who don't have because Allah gave us and we're supposed to spread it because it doesn't really belong to us. It is for others. But the economic concept of understanding how that actually benefits the economy, how that benefits society to actually spread wealth, that was something that I had a lot of difficulty with until your book came along and just kind of broke it down to where I'm like, hey, can we go take this to Congress? maybe teach them that there for the zakat story i knew i think maybe this is a little bit of my creative creativity plus my finance uh com- you know co- combination of the two coming together in that story because that story essentially i'm teaching five-year-olds macroeconomics and i get a kick out of that i, I get a kick out of that because uh you know i, I agree I, I love the way that book came out and i'm thankful for having you know the ability or the insight at that point in time to come up with that story because you know looking back at it it's, it's a very cool story and um i'm really happy with the way it came out and the, the different characters that can be leveraged to tell the story for each one of those characters so then you have the rich guy which is the aristocrat and you have the the peasant which is the poor guy uh, and then you have the businessman so you have the businessman and who are poor part of the community who are impacted uh, by how many people are able to purchase items from their store. Um, so, so yeah, that was really important to me, and I'm, I'm really happy with the way that book came out. And I love an opportunity, and I'm working on ways to expand on that story, uh, whether it be uh, you know through Islamic schools or through other stories leveraging those characters. Well, I have to say, I really appreciate that sense of activism that you bring to all of the books in the series where there's a social consciousness that it's really hard to teach, but you put it in very simple words, in very simple terms at eye level for children with these really great illustrations that make it easier as a parent for us to teach that. And for that, I I thank you. You're quite welcome. But, but Rizma, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, when I write these books, and I didn't mention this before, but in my mind, I'm also writing it for myself as a parent. Going back to the first book, again, it was only going to be one book for me, right? Search for Allah. And going back to that first book, before, prior to writing that book, um, you know, as a father who works in corporate America, we have very little time to see our kids. Quite honestly, that's just the way it works, right? We get up in the morning and we have to rush out the door, very little time to spend with them. Then we come home late at night and maybe if we're lucky, we'll see them before bedtime. And so for me, that time when I came home uh, and spent with them to put them to bed was precious. And so I used that time, oftentimes when I had two, not I had three kids, but at one point, I had you know three, all three kids at the same time. They would all pile into one bed, and I would lay down with them and read them, a, you know, a children's book story. I read so many children's books to them uh, that over time, and this I think part of my you know create my my skill set, I guess that I developed that I did a lot about creating products. I really paid attention to details because in that world where you're creating products. The packaging has got to look right. The colors got to look right. You got to look at things that people don't notice, um, but find interesting and find appealing. So as I read the story, I'm really paying attention to what my kids are laughing at, what my kids are questioning, the illustrations, what's interesting to me as a parent, as an adult, and what I like. 
And there were some books, I have to tell you, that I knew that I didn't like, the way they were written or the way they were illustrated. So I think over time what happened is I developed this, like, my own understanding of what I think is really great in the children's book. And so when the idea came to me that I wanted to write a book to help my son understand this concept of God, all that came together. But I never wanted to write a book that was didactic. If you want to write a book on, on finance, that's great. An adult will read it and they'll understand it. It'll be boring as heck, but they'll get it, okay? Um, but for a kid, you need to write in a way that kids will absorb it and want to absorb it over and over because kids just don't learn it the first time. And oftentimes when they read a book or watch a movie, they watch it over and over and over again. And so I knew that that was not going to happen with a story that was just going to say, hey, Allah's on his arch or he's above the seven heavens, the end, right? That, that, that doesn't work. So I had to create this playful story to, to, to not be didactic. An adventure, not to be didactic, not to be straightforward. And one last thing I will tell you, I intentionally, when I go into a story, I don't try to teach religion. As much as you might think that, hey, these are, you know, these are great books to help my kids learn about Islam, and they are. But going into it, my goal is not to teach religion. My, my goal is to communicate a set of values that are consistent with their, the kids' Islamic faith, but also... Uh, can benefit their friends and their neighbors that might not be Muslim in an entertaining way. I took the Ilyas and Deccan Eid al-Fitr to the holidays of the world. And it, it explains it in a way that's relatable regardless of what your faith is, right? And when you're trying to establish a Muslim identity, you're trying to keep your own kids' identity strong, right? But without necessarily making them feel alienated. Because I feel like there's a lot more commonalities within the religions than even we ourselves can admit to. We share the same values across the board. It's it's when things when things get political. It's when they get all muddled and messy. And so, but so at the human level, which is really at the child level, everything everybody's the same. We should not be different. And so we have to face reality. My kids, you know, your kids, Uzma, uh, your kids. When Christmas time comes around, uh, they go to the mall. They see a lot of Christmas stuff. We cannot ignore that. We cannot just say run away from it, right? We have to help our kids understand it. And in, in helping them understand, you know, their friends who are Christian and that we should get along with them. And there are differences in, in, in this world, and that's okay. You, you celebrate those differences. That if we don't, you know, if we don't, if we don't expose them to the, those kinds of things, I think our kids won't have this open-mindedness. And it just does them a disservice. So I'm in Doha right now, but Christmas time comes around and the, the malls are decorated. It has nothing to do with Ramadan. It has nothing to do with Eid al-Adhan. I mean, this is a Muslim country and it's very festive. I mean, I'm sure they have a handful of uh, Christians uh, here in Doha, but doubt it's that much where you're going to take a whole mall and decorate it. So the spirit of what Christmas means, you know, in celebrating uh, a higher authority or however you want to see it, or if it's bringing families together, right? It's a time of year. It's, it's worth celebrating bringing families together, right? If you're not, even if you're not celebrating the religious aspect of it. You said you weren't necessarily born in America, but you were raised here. How does that affect the message that you're trying to get across? Uh, I think, I mean, that's a good question, but I think it just happens because you are a, a product of your environment. So for, for me, I just, I wrote it in the way that I wrote those stories is because 
I'm a product of growing up in New York and, and, and you know, as an adult in Washington, D.C. And, and seeing the world through my eyes, mostly from the West perspective. But it's really an Islamic perspective to be have, have people from all walks of life be included um, and be respectful to others. So I don't think that my perspective is any anything that's unique. I think it's just very Islamic. And it's probably very Catholic also, and it's very Jewish also. For me, if you, if you, if you told me about religion when I was younger, I would run the other way. And I think that comes out in these books. That's interesting. Why do you think that is the case? Because, because honestly, as a, as a child, I want to see cartoons and I want to play games. And religion is not either one of those. And at that time, it's boring. It was boring for me. And I didn't want to hear it. So I think when writing these books now, I have that in my mind. It's like, okay, how do I, how do I communicate these values to my child and help them build this like, really strong foundation now? And then they can build upon that foundation with more technical, specific technical knowledge about their faith. But that will come later when their mind is more developed and they're, you know, they're able to understand concepts uh, as an adult. But for now, how do I do that? So it's, for me, it's just about values is about compassion is about these general universal human values and how do you com- uh, communicate that and be consistent with our islamic faith um without trying to teach them religion because i remember what that was like so mostly because i like to geek out about books i just wonder, you know, as Ilyas grows with your children, is this book that never was meant to be a series, but is now a series going to grow into potentially chapter books? Or is Ilyas going to go on bigger adventures as he changes and gets older? Because I don't think we have anything like like that right now. And I would just love to see like Ilyas become like the Harry Potter of the Muslim world. Elias grows up like Harry Potter and gets even darker. That's so <laughs> funny. I would love that. You heard it here first. If that happens, that would be super fun. Speaking of your children, how do your children respond, or what do they think of Elias and Duck as they're getting older? It's so funny. Uh, now that they're older, uh, I would say. You know, just like kids, they they want kids want parents' attention. So I think Elias and Duck take my attention away from them. So they might be a little bit jealous of Elias and Duck in a way, in a childish way. Interesting. That is so funny. Yeah, because and they'll express it differently. I have one that will express himself more than than others, and he'll say, you know, he he doesn't like Elias and Duck. He doesn't like anything I'm doing. That you know, my books are not great and you know I, I know what I know where that's coming from right <laughs> I'm a seasoned father and a parent I know where that's coming from he doesn't really dislike it he just wants my attention and whenever I'm busy traveling doing shows I that that time is taken away from him and so it's cute you know and then my younger one she's nine now but she is my biggest consultant she tells me straight up like okay you should do this you should do that and like I'll tell you like 90% of the time, she's absolutely right. So I go to her a lot, and she loves it. She she absolutely loves it. She loves that I'm an author. She I actually read uh, stories to her school, uh, her class, just the other day. Oh, that's the and best. I think she was really proud of me. So. so. 
So, Omar, you mentioned the show. So can you tell a little bit for the people that are not aware about your show, what exactly is it and what do you do and how do you bring Ilias and Duck to life? Yeah, so bringing them to life is exactly why I started calling what I do show a show. Uh, because when I first wrote the book, um, I would just read it in a very traditional way, sitting on a chair and uh, opening up the book in front of a, a small crowd at the time. It was like five, six kids. And I would read them this, you know, it would be a, a cute little story time. And then, but I felt like I wasn't doing the characters or the stories justice by just sitting there and reading them a book. And so I put it on the big screen, I digitized it. Uh, over time, I created some hats that I wear. So I, I do costume changes. I have like a fog machine. I even introduced into my show now, which is not an author reading, it's more of a show. I introduced like a fog machine. So I tell, um, you know, so, so the show now has become something that's not just a children's program. It's a family show. So the way I do the show is because I've always wanted to involve the parents. Parents are a big part of their kid's life. And as if I'm communicating these stories to them in the way, in the way that I am through these books, the parents should understand what that is because the stories are gonna be talked about. That's what kids do when, they're in, when you're in the minivan in, in a three hour ride, you know, going from New Jersey to, to, to Washington DC, the kids are gonna talk about it. And if the parents are also familiar with the characters and the stories, which they are, it makes it that much more fun. They can refer to different parts of the story. So my show, I really, uh, is, is, is the, the best part of what I do is when I, when I have the families be part of the show. So my show includes, you know, jokes that I make about dads. I make them laugh. And so it's really a family affair. And I, I love it. I mean, it's a one-man show at, at this point. Um, but... At some point, I think it needs to be, and that point is coming, that time is coming near. Uh, it needs to be, I think, more than just me. It needs to be bigger than me um, to do it justice. So, inshallah, I'll work toward that. I have, I've been lucky enough to see the show. My kids love it. And quite frankly, when I told the, my younger two, um, obviously my older two know Omar in a different capacity, but my younger two, because um, they didn't get to, to know them as well as my older two did, were like, oh my God, are you talking to Uncle Omar who writes all the books? So they get really super excited about those types of things, I do have to say, and they love, love, love um, the, the, the show. So what has been your favorite reader response? Like, cause you're meeting your fans, obviously now that you're doing some of the show, does any, do you have like a story or something that you can share with the audience that really stands out that kind of made you feel like, okay, I am thankful that this is what I decided to do. I wish there was an easy way for me to have a camera on me, uh, recording people at, at the end of the show when I'm doing my book signing and people, you know, parents come up to me, kids come up to me and, they're talking to me and they're telling me stories, all these stories that you're talking about, you're asking about. Um, I wish I had a camera to record some of these because they're just, I just, I'm so blown away and thankful that this is the reaction that people are having. I, I can't, like this one, simple things, like from kids telling me that it's their favorite book and I'm their favorite author um, to a parent and a, and a father, to mind you, because those are the more, diff more difficult ones. Um, to, to kind of get in your court. Uh, a father who came and saw my show in New Jersey, 
And I said, you know, I was talking to him. I said, where'd you, where'd you come from? He's like, Long Island. I was like, whoa, that's a, that's a far distance. He's like, we follow you around everywhere. He's like, I was like, what? Are you, are you... So, so he saw my show on Long Island already. And he, I was in New Jersey now at another date, some other time. I don't know how long apart, how far apart. And he brought his whole family to New Jersey to see the same show. And I was just blown away by that, 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 this, that this is actually happening for, for something I'm doing. Tell us where to find your books and how to book a show with you. So the books are available on Amazon, which is probably the easiest place in the U.S. for people to purchase. And, of course, in the U.S. on uh, the website that I have, which is iliasanduck.com. Um, or it's actually the same site if you go to littlebigkids.com, which is the company, the publishing company that I created to uh, publish Ilias and Duck. Thanks again for joining Zeba and Uzman Momming While Muslim today. Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. Make sure you check out the show notes to find the links and resources for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show as well as to like it on your podcast app of choice because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of Momming While Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Mm-hmm.